Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. <laughs> hey guys, week 13. How about that? And, um,. You know, I, I, I can only think of, of one word uh, to describe uh, Sunday's performance uh, against the Lions. And that word is, um, fuck. You know, I mean, come on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> How? I mean, the defense didn't show up again. And you'll notice a theme in the knee-jerk reactions. And it was actually something... That, you know, it upset me on Sunday and it 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 was multiplied throughout the day today, actually Uh, listening to like the Hogan Johns podcast, listening to our friend Lauren Cox on Locked on Bears, um, the um, the after show with Olin Krutz, Lance Briggs, Alex Browns that they do for NBC Sports Chicago, Uh, pretty much anybody that I lent an ear to today to kind of get their take on the game and, and so on and so forth, just validated what I was feeling. You know, I'll let you hear the knee-jerk reactions to 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 see what my thoughts were. And, like, those thoughts were echoed by literally everyone that I listened to uh, today. So it's like I'm sitting here, uh, I'm, I'm you know, I work from home uh, during the pandemic now, and I'm just sitting here, uh, you know, at my desk, uh, listening to podcasts and things like that, and I'm just fuming through the day because if if we can see it, and I mean we as in everyone that I listen to, including me, if we can all see it, if it's that obvious to literally everyone that's watching or anything like that, how is it getting by Nagy and you know laser and and all that kind of stuff? I just I just can't wrap my head around it, which is what's got me so goddamn frustrated. Uh, right now so let's go ahead and dive into this thing it's the week 13 review episode of the bears talk underground so let's get to it october 18th why is that date significant the date because it was the date of our last victory in this 2020 uh campaign we thought we had our first victory since October 18th in in the basket um, in the fourth quarter, especially after the Cole Komet touchdown made it a 10-point lead. But um, our beloved found a way to screw that up in, in monumental uh, ways there. A very curious set of circumstances and bad decisions and just overall bad situational football uh, led to what I feel, and uh, I'm not alone in this feeling, uh, so it's not like I'm actually, you know, you know, breaking ground or, or, you know, you heard it here first or anything. But um, I think Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy got fired yesterday. I, I really do. Uh, this, the, the sequence of events uh, in that last half, in that last four minutes, four and a half minutes of the fourth quarter uh, were just, um, for the most part, inexcusable. Like it just it, every single one of those decisions makes your head scratch. And of course, hindsight being. 2020 none of those decisions worked out not not a single one and uh you know it just uh (laughs) it led to the bears having a 10 point lead uh which is something that our defense has not had the luxury of a lot uh this year uh we've been playing from behind most of the season 
very few opportunities to have a lead uh, to protect and, and things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I mean, I guess maybe that's why they blew it. They just didn't know what to do. They, you know, they didn't, they're not used to the luxury of having a double digit lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, instead they had to find a way to, to piss it away, uh, there in the fourth quarter, letting the lions move the ball at will. And, uh, you know, for a defense that hadn't allowed a 300 yard pass or not even Rogers last week, I think Rogers only threw for like 220. Uh, against the Bears last week uh, we let Matt Stafford throw for 402 uh, on the Bears uh, on Sunday uh, including a 49-yard touchdown just before halftime uh, in in the football game so um, you know I don't know what's going on with the defense right now uh, but they certainly didn't respond to being called out by our head coach uh, last week and uh, you know they basically put up back-to-back their their worst performances of the season back-to-back you know Two weeks in a row, they give up 34 points. And I know that Green Bay scored 41, but seven of those they scored on defense when Mitch got strip-sacked uh, last week. So back-to-back 34-point games uh, for the defense. And we got Deshaun, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson coming into town uh, this week. Right now, I'm not looking forward to that, even though the, um, the, you know, the Texans, I think, are, are without Will Fuller and – you know they're basically kind of shorthanded. Uh, something tells me that if if uh, you know if the Lions can put up 34 on our defense without DeAndre Swift and Kenny Galladay, their top two playmakers on offense, I'm sure that the Texans will be able to figure out how to do something close to that uh, this week. So um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that um, that Nagy and 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 Ryan Pace, uh, who hired him, will. Uh, will be Black Monday casualties if they don't get fired before then. Because a lot of rumors right now talking about how the McCaskies might go uh, go against the grain and not let it, not let them finish the season and just go ahead and pull the trigger uh, on letting them both go so we can start moving on uh, as quickly as, as possible so they can begin their search. Not that, you know, they have to fire him before they can start looking at other coaches, but, you know, just to make it official that the Bears are on the market are in the market for a head coach, maybe getting rid of this guy wouldn't wouldn't be the worst idea. Um, you know, as we draw, I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> if we lose to Deshaun Watson on Sunday, I don't I I don't like what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? You know, it's like it just that would be seven losses in a row, and we just lost at home to the guy everybody says we should have picked uh, a year removed from getting our asses kicked by the other guy that we should have picked in Patrick Mahomes, also in Soldier Field. So um, how about we just stop and uh, let's start this thing over again, bring in a new guy with a new attitude, a new philosophy, and hopefully uh, someone who's competent in the ways of situational uh, football and, uh, you know, just in, uh, you know, football in general. uh, You know, I just, I can't defend the guy anymore. Uh, I I really haven't been defending him much, but, you know, because he's made me nuts this whole year, especially when it comes to play calling. And you'll hear it in the knee-jerk reactions. There's a theme throughout all of it. It starts with the second quarter knee-jerk reaction and goes throughout the rest of the football game uh, that, um, you know, and and again, listening to all those different voices uh, today uh, while I'm at work, um, while I was working, just, uh, you know, added the fuel to the fire that I'm, I'm not the only one who's thinking this, so I'm not crazy. And, you know, it just seems like if it's so obvious to so many people with, so, with varying levels of experience and things like that in the professional football game, um, why is it that it just eludes the guy that's running the team? I don't get it. So anyway, let's go ahead and dive into this. First quarter knee-jerk reaction. It was, like I said, you'll hear me say it was a mixed bag because it was. Uh, offense uh, came out looking good, but uh, the defense looked like it still had a Green Bay uh, hangover. And so it's, uh, you know, the, the offense for the first time all season was trying to carry the defense, and the defense wouldn't let them. So uh, it, it was something that would be a theme that would run throughout uh, the game, despite the Bears having double-digit leads at two points in the football game uh, on, on Sunday. 
the defense did everything that it could to keep giving that lead back and letting it dwindle and making it less than a one-score game and, and so on and so forth. So uh, we go into the first quarter. Like I said, the Bears come out and, uh, you know, bang, bang, and uh, put some points on the board early. But uh, the defense also keeps giving those points right back. Knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears, Lions, and it's a mixed bag uh, of results here in the first quarter. The Bears' opening drive was over so quick. I mean, we got a really, really nice return from Cordero Patterson, got us near midfield just right off the bat. Uh, running the football well to start things off, um, you know, made a nice throw to, to Allen Robinson, and we get down to like third and two or something like that. And like I said, it was it was so bang 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 that <clears throat> the production team for Fox couldn't. I didn't see a replay on the running play to see if it was a a blown assignment, a good defensive play, or Whatever it was, it just, it you know, we got no gain on third down, so we kicked the field goal. The, the whole drive was literally two minutes, two minutes long because we were kicking the ball back to uh, in Detroit with like 13.30 or something like that left on the, on the clock. Like it was bang, 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 bang. The Bears coming out up-tempo, no huddle, uh, and things like that, which is a good thing for Mitch. He seems to strive well in those type situations. Um the defense, I don't feel, is responding to the beating that they took from Green Bay, even with Akeem Hicks in the lineup today. Because the Lions put a decent drive together, but a great play from Buster Screen on fourth and one stops the drive dead in its tracks. The Bears come back, six plays, 71 yard. I think there were only like Maybe one or two pass plays. It was all runs from Patterson and Montgomery. Montgomery finishing it off with a touchdown run. Uh, Santos gets a gets the extra point block, so we're up 9 nothing. But then it was like watching Green Bay all over again, uh, except they were doing it mostly in the passing game uh, against the Bears. The Lions just drove the field. 11-12 plays, uh, six minutes and whatnot. Uh, a short Adrian Peterson run to make it nine to six after they miss an extra point. So that's where we sit uh, right now. You know, it was uh, two very short drives from the Bears, and they've got nine points on the board. Should be ten. The Lions with the longer, you know, the longer drives, but the the Bears have a lead nine to six as we start the second quarter. <laughs> So like I said, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other would basically be a good way uh, to describe uh, the first quarter. The offense looks good. Uh, it, it's running well uh, under Mitch. You know, I got to admit that, you know, Mitch has played well uh, despite his turnovers last week. Those were stupid mistakes that he made. Very, very Mitch-like mistakes with the interceptions uh, and whatnot. The The strip sack wasn't necessarily... Uh, his fault that was the the offensive line failing him on that one but um, you know overall I, I liked what I saw from Mitch last week carried over into uh, this week and aside from one really bad throw uh, that he made uh, to commit I believe in the fourth quarter it was nearly picked off uh, and everything uh, he was pr- pretty much mistake free throughout the game you know m- missed a few throws Uh, and everything but nothing so egregious that you know it was upsetting uh, or anything I had very little to complain about when it came to Mitch and the way that he played uh, in the game I mean it was the Lions after all this is who Mitch plays well against so uh, we got to see more of that uh, this past uh, Sunday so uh, the defense on the other hand like I said we got Akeem Hicks back uh, so we were doing a bit better in in run defense, but the Lions came out throw 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 throw, which is what we expected or what we were told to expect, because Daryl Bevel is not a big fan of the running game. He likes to throw the ball, so that's what the Lions did a majority of the time uh, against the Bears, and they the Bears were doing nothing to deter him uh, from doing that, like at all. So so many opportunities throughout the football game third and long situations the Lions made it look so easy 
You know, third and 16, you'd find Danny Amendola wide open down the field, five yards past the marker with nobody near him. He'd be wide open and he'd be able to catch the football and, you know, add a few more yards to it before uh, being brought down by a defender. And it just over and over again, the Lions were awesome on third down uh, yesterday. So, I mean, it just over and over again with the defense just marching down the uh, field, not not slowing the Lions down virtually at all. You know, we, we got a couple of stops in the game, but we still ended up giving up five touchdowns in this football game uh, to the Lions. And it was just so frustrating to sit there watching them do it uh, all over again. And Akeem Hicks was a non-factor. Hell, Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn uh, were non-factors. I mean, it just <laughs> because apparently the Lions listen to my podcast because I've always been asking for the Bears to kind of help out uh, the offensive line, maybe keep in some tight ends or uh, something like that to to help in, in pass protection. The Lions did that. They were keeping like six, seven guys in to block um, plus Stafford keeping, you know, eight guys behind the line of scrimmage, running three-man routes and finding open receivers because Stafford had all day to throw the ball. Um, we did sack Stafford twice. Khalil Mack did have a sack taken away from him but some ticky-tack uh, bullshit penalty on, uh, on Buster Screen. Uh, and at first I was upset with Buster Screen when they made the call. Then I saw the quote-unquote penalty, and it was... It was like, yeah, he was past the five-yard marker and and Buster Screen shoved him, but he was not the intended receiver uh, or anything like that. He basically was knocking the receiver off his route, and they called him for that. So it wasn't like he, he held him to keep him from going on his route. He just ran up and pushed the guy. He you know ran into him to kind of knock him off his route, which every DB in the NFL does, but for whatever reason, they called Buster Screen for it, and it took away Khalil Mack's sack and extended the drive uh, for the Lions. And, uh, you know, it was uh, it was bullshit is what it was. It, it was ticky-tack. And, you know, it's like, what kind of call was that? It's just, you know, just the Bears' luck that uh, it went against us because, you know, we're still the most penalized team in the league last I checked. But, you know, in the second quarter, the the offense kept it on rolling, running the football well, but, um, you know, and adding to our lead, putting more, we scored two more times uh, in the second quarter, going into halftime with a 10-point lead. Things were looking good. But there was something that I wasn't happy with. And at the time, at, at going into the half, it kind of felt like nitpicking, you know, because the offense is playing well, because we've scored uh, three touchdowns in the first half for the first time in God knows how long. Um, you know, and the defense kind of tightened it up a little bit better in the uh, in the second quarter. So, um, you know, whereas the Lions marched down the field twice in the first quarter, the first one was a turnover on downs. The second one was a touchdown drive. Um, they needed a big play to score their second touchdown. And other than that, the defense pretty much held them in check. It was more bend but don't break in the second quarter from the defense but there was something really bothering me about what the Bears were doing on offense despite their success, and it became the theme for the rest of the football game. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears-Lions, and uh, a little bit better of a quarter for the, for the Bears overall. Uh, we gave up another touchdown, a 49-yard touchdown pass uh, for Stafford to uh, Quintez Cephas. A uh, what I like to call a Key and Peel All Star name uh, for that kid. Um, the offense has been playing really, really well, but it has been extremely frustrating for me personally because the Bears are running the ball awesome today. Uh, all three of our touchdowns in the first half have been running scores uh, two from David Montgomery, one from uh, Cordero Patterson. My issue is that we keep taking Montgomery out of the game. And while Cordell Patterson is running the ball well, I'm not trying to take anything away from him, Montgomery is playing on a different gear today. He's, he's playing with another gear today. He's got this, you know, this kind of reckless abandon about his running today. He's running hard. He's, you know, he, 
He's running like someone who knows he's not going to get hit till he gets to the second level. He's exploding through the line of scrimmage, and it's showing uh, in his results. I mean, the Bears, they showed a graphic. The Bears are averaging like 82 yards a game, dead last in the NFL. And, the you know, the graphic at the bottom said for that particular play, midway through the second quarter, the Bears had 81 yards rushing already. So... We're running the ball outstanding so far today, and we keep taking the ball out of Montgomery's hands. And, and like I said, Patterson is running the ball well, so I'm, I'm not really complaining about the production on offense. It's just that, like I said, Patterson is playing on a different level today, and we keep taking him out of the game, and it's pissing me off. You know, I'm hoping, like the last touchdown run that Montgomery had was all Montgomery, you know. We got a decent block that got us through the, the line of scrimmage, but then it was all up to David Montgomery, who battled like three tacklers, reached out, put the ball over the goal line uh, for the touchdown. We need to make it a Mon- uh, you know, a, a David Montgomery half in the second half, or at the very least in the third quarter, where we have sucked all year long. Feed David Montgomery. Feed David Montgomery. Feed David Montgomery. All right. And despite all my belly aching, we're winning the game right now. We're up 23 to uh, 13 uh, at the moment. The Lions start with the football, however. So uh, the defense is going to have to uh, tighten it up, get the ball back in our offense's hands, and keep feeding David Montgomery. So you heard me apologize for for my belly aching there towards the end because it really did, in in a way, kind of feel a bit nitpicky, you know, with the way, you know, we've, we've, been waiting so long for the offense to look this efficient, to look this uh, productive, and here I am still complaining uh, about it anyway. But you, anyone who watched that game, and and here's the thing, uh, you know, when I went back through uh, today, listening to the various podcasts and YouTube clips and stuff that I was watching, everybody else was saying the same thing. Uh, I'll dig into this a little bit later on. Uh, but it just it, it, it validated everything that I was saying in the moment as I'm watching the game. And then the postgame analysis from literally everyone else that I listened to echoed everything that I was uh, uh, I was saying that everyone noticed the best player on the field on Sunday was David Montgomery. And yet the Bears failed to capitalize on it. You know, they kept rotating him out. The third quarter, you'll hear me really bitch about it in the next knee-jerk reaction. The opening drive for the Bears, Montgomery's not even on the fucking field. He's not even out there. Patterson is out there, and we're passing on top of it all. Like, did did we just not – did we forget what just happened 20 minutes ago? I mean, halftime in the NFL is not that long. You know, it's 15, 20 minutes. It, it, you know, do, do we forget already what got us those 23 points in the first place? And it just, you know, like I said, he was running like he was running on a different gear. Like he was digging for the extra yards. You know, there was a play in, in that first quarter where it looked like an old Earl Campbell clip from the 1970s when they had those tearaway jerseys. This one guy... Uh, one of the Lions grabbed a handful of, of jersey and you're literally seeing the jersey come apart in the guy's hands because Montgomery is trucking along. He will not be denied uh, kind of thing. You know, he was fighting for every yard. The first tackler never brought him down uh, in in the game at any point um, on Sunday. And, you know, just over and over, Montgomery was doing something that nobody else was doing. You know, he was digging for the extra yard. He was putting in the extra effort. Like I said, he was playing on a different gear than literally everyone on the field. And, you know, it's like this coaching staff has no sense for sticking with the guy with the hot hand. With the way that Montgomery was running the football, it should have been like, um, you know, one of my favorite clips to watch on YouTube from time to time is, um, I believe it was the like the Bears-Seahawks divisional game back in the the 2006 season where it was Thomas Jones with Jason McKee the fullback blocking for him and we ran the ball like on nine straight plays and we kept chipping away chunking 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 and ended up with Thomas Jones in the in the end zone why because it was working 
You know, hand the ball off to your workhorse, let him get into the end zone, bang, 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 you know, touchdown, uh, you know, against the Seahawks and the Bears were on their way to winning that game and heading to the NFC Championship game. And it just, you know, there's no sense of that with this team. With the way Montgomery was running the ball, we should have been hearing the commentators say, and that was the sixth straight carry from David Montgomery on this drive. Instead, no. He runs the ball twice. He comes out of the game. Here comes uh, Cordell Patterson. Or we run something empty and we're throwing the ball. It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Why are we doing this? Put put 32 back there. Hand him the goddamn ball and get out of his way. You know, the way that he's running today, the way that he put 62 up with ease in the first half. 11 carries for 62 yards. That is nearly six yards a carry. Uh, out of him you know get him back and it's it's not like he was it's not like the the green bay game where he had uh you know 57 yards on one carry his longest run for the day was 13 yards which means that you know his average was legit it wasn't an inflated average because he had one gigantic run and then a bunch of you know short two three yard runs that brought the average down his average was legit and we kept taking him off the field and uh, putting the ball in someone else's hands, whether it was Cordero Patterson or anything like that. So like, and, and again, I'm not complaining about the production we got out of Cordero Patterson. I just really feel like we should have cut his carries in half and given them to Montgomery based on the way he was playing uh, on Sunday. It's not like, uh, you know, Patterson is more of the sweeps. He's more of the pitch guy. Get him to the outside because he's going to do pretty much everything he can to avoid uh, major contact. You know, we're not going to give it to 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 uh, Patterson to run between the tackles. Uh, thankfully, it, it, it appears that we've learned our lesson in trying to make Patterson our short yardage back, despite his size for a wide receiver. Uh, you know, just put the ball in Montgomery's hands, let him do what he does, let him do what we drafted him to do, and we keep turning away from that. We it just just it, it just made me insane. Uh, throughout the entire game and then as you hear me say here in the third quarter knee-jerk reaction uh, we basically just pretended like the first half didn't happen uh, offensively Uh, we added to our streak of of not scoring points uh, in the third quarter and the defense gave up another long touchdown drive so we're looking at a three-point game headed into the fourth quarter (laughs) knee-jerk reaction bears lions after the third quarter Make that 11 times in 12 games that the Bears score zero points on offense in the third quarter. And uh, I'm pretty sure that for the 11th time in 12 games, we didn't even come close to scoring points in the third quarter. Um, After running the football all over the Lions in the first half, we come out pass, 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 pass in the third quarter in our first drive. Um, goes absolutely nowhere. We end up punting the ball back to Detroit, who takes that back for a touchdown. So it's a 23-20 to game. It's a field goal game going into the fourth quarter now. And um, I feel that the patience with the running game that I was asking for is going to disappear. Now that it's fourth quarter, we're probably going to see more passes than we've seen in the entire football game, despite the fact that we have the lead and that we block, you know, been blocking well for the most part uh, in the running game. Uh, even Cordell Patterson in his running opportunities is running well. Um, I don't know where, because the, the last run put David Montgomery, I think, at a three or a four yard loss, but uh, last count was 12 carries for 64 yards, which is over five yards a carry, but, you know. He should be somewhere in the 20s by now, not barely in the teens uh, with the way that he's been running the football today. So uh, I continue to be irritated with the way that they use David Montgomery, the fact that they keep taking him out, the fact that he wasn't the first running back on the field in the second half. Just, I don't, I don't get it. I really don't get it. You know, like, <laughs> is the view on the field that different from what we see on television, I mean, you you mean to tell me they can't see that he is running on a he's you know he's playing on a different level today, and we keep taking him out of the game, you know? Like, does David Montgomery not in shape 
or something? Why the fuck do we keep taking him out? I don't understand. So, but here we go. The defense needs to tighten it up because they gave another touchdown drive up, so we're only up a field goal now. We, uh, we have the football. Let's see what we can do uh, to close out the game, maybe get our first victory since before Halloween. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the Bears Talk Underground also comes from Manscaped. The holidays are here. Have you made your wish list yet? Our sponsor today has the number one wished for gift of the year. Manscaped, the best in below and above the belt grooming. Manscaped is here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and nose hairs with their new performance package. Ho, 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 fellas. Naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. You are in luck because the Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and makes for the perfect gift. Imagine opening an attractive box that says your balls will thank you with the most sought-after gadgets and scents a person could find. Included in this package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Look, guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff, so why not use the best tools for the job here? This bundle also includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. The dads can't stop talking about this, the teens secretly buy this, and the women will love you for it. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best package of all, the Manscaped Performance Package. And let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the Manscaped Package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The performance package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer and is hot off the presses. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at at manscaped.com and use the code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy. And with that... Let's get back to the show. I didn't think that was wishful thinking going into that point to to think that uh, we should come away with a home victory against the Lions who just fired their head coach eight days ago. Uh, You know, have an interim guy that's coming in to salvage what's left uh, of the season uh, and everything. Instead, uh, Daryl Bevel gets them a victory uh, in the fourth quarter here, which we'll get to uh, in a moment that puts the Lions back in the playoff race. Uh, in the NFC with the seventh seed being the Vikings right now at six and six and the Lions are five and seven just with uh, just like us we're in, we're in we're on that in the hunt portion uh, of the graphic when they show the the playoff standings uh, and whatnot but nonetheless you, you heard me uh, again with the you know what what the fuck are we not seeing on the sidelines what what aren't they seeing uh, up in the booth or, or, or whatever you know, it's just what what is it that they're missing? It, it almost feels like they do what they do offensively just despite us as fans or something like that. You know, like like they like the, it's, it's almost like they're insulted that we have an opinion on, on what they should do. So whatever we think they should do, they're going to do the opposite. Let's feed Montgomery because he was awesome in the first half. Let's keep feeding him and let's run the game. Let's run the ball. Let's shorten the game for for us and for our defense because our defense is struggling again. The Lions, despite you know um, missing a couple of opportunities to score, are moving the ball pretty much at will, and we need to protect the defense to keep them off the field, keep our offense on the field, get the clock running. 
keep feeding the ball to our running back who seems like he's possessed today, and let's go forward and see what happens there. Instead, what do we do? We start the second half with Montgomery on the fucking sidelines, and we come out pass, 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 pass in that first drive, which, of course, goes nowhere. We give the ball to Detroit, and what do they do? They run it down the field and put a touchdown in the end zone to make it a three-point game. It's just like, what, 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 what needs to happen here? What Honestly, I mean, and this is why everyone, literally everyone, is calling for, for Nagy's job now. Because it, it it's it's not the first time that it's happened this season, but it, it's honestly the first time that you could literally, you know, like side by side from me to Adam Hogue and Adam Johns to Lauren Cox to Olin Krutz, uh, Lance Briggs, Alex Brown, all of us saying the same thing. You know, Montgomery was a man possessed today. Why didn't we keep running the football? What the fuck were we doing? Why did we come out in the second half throwing the ball like six, seven times uh, in a row? Uh, you know, it's like, wh- why? Why are we doing that? Uh, you know, it's like we, we have the luxury of a lead, which we haven't had pr- virtually at all this season. You know, even in the games that we've won, we've been playing from behind. Almost all of them were come from behind victories uh, in our five wins uh, so far this year. And... <clears throat> It's just not a luxury that we've had. The defense has been more hanging on at the end to preserve wins as opposed to protecting a lead through. I mean, the Bears were in control of this game pretty much throughout, you know, and despite it all, despite my belly aching in the first three knee jerk reactions, we were still in control of the football game. We still had the lead. And right up until the time that Mitch gets strip sacked towards the end of the fourth quarter, the Bears are still winning. They're still in control of the football game. So it's like we were winning and leading the game for like the first 57 minutes or so of the 60-minute game, and then it's where it all came falling apart. Now I'll talk more about that last four and a half minutes here after the fourth quarter uh, knee-jerk reaction. But before I get done, before we get to that, you know, it's like I just. I don't understand. And, and like I said, listening to all of those different shows and, and people's opinions, thoughts, and, and so on only made me angrier that it's like everybody is asking the same questions. Why didn't we stick with David Montgomery? Why do we keep taking him out of the game? Why were we passing on you know certain downs and so on and so forth? Why weren't we you know running the ball to shorten the game and protect the defense? It's just like... How is it so obvious to so many different people, from me, the fat guy on the couch, all the way up to the former All-Pro, who not only has 12, 13 years of NFL experience, but almost all of it wearing a Chicago Bear uniform. You know, he knows Bear football. He knows the city of Chicago. He knows the fan base, especially now as a fan and analyst and a former player. You know, he's got his hands in, in all those different pots there. So he's a wealth of experience, especially in the Chicago market. And everybody, from from him all the way down to me, just the guy sitting on the couch scratching his balls watching the game, all of us sitting here, and it's so obvious to all of us. And yet, like I said, it, it almost feels like Nagy and Laser are, are running their offensive game plan in spite of what the fans think that they should be doing. You know, and Olin Krutz made a really great point in the uh, post-game show on NBC Sports that, um, you know, in the fourth quarter, when the Bears come out on that last drive, we run on first down, we were set to pass on second, uh, and Mitch ended up scrambling, you know, gaining a few yards and such. But then on third down, we come out passing again. And it it just like Olin said, it it doesn't feel like so much that Nagy wants to win, but more so that he wants to win a certain way. And, you know, it just seems like he was hell-bent on winning with Mitch throwing the ball as opposed to, you know, old school, nose to the grindstone, running the football, overpowering his teammates. Again, just kind of feeling like Nagy wants to be the smartest guy in the room. You know, you think I should do this? Well, I think we should be doing that. So that's what we're going to do, and we're going to win doing it. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not. And you didn't, period. And that's what's got us so – that's what got me so pissed off. And, you know, it's like 
Uh, it, it's like Olin Cruz, Lance Briggs, uh, Alex Brown, all this just shaking their heads. Uh, Lance Briggs actually tweeted out, and he said so in, in the postgame show, Nagy's going to Nagy. It's like, you know, forget about it. He's not going to run the ball 40 times uh, like he probably should have in this game. Uh, despite how well it was working, Nagy wants to throw the football. He wants to do the old-school Andy Reid uh, run with the short passing game uh, kind of thing. Uh, and he even kind of flew in the face of that because, uh, well, I'll talk about that here in a minute. But we get to the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction. Of course, it was disastrous. And, you know, it goes down the way that it did. And at the end of the football game, uh, the guy considered to be our best player on offense lets his team down once again. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, fourth quarter, Bears and Lions. And Allen Robinson... It's not completely his fault, but in this moment, right here, right now, Allen Robinson just lost the Bears the game. He, he caught a pass on third and four, I believe it was, third and five, something like that. He ran a route, his receiver, he got a little bit of a push off, his defender falls down. He catches the pass. And instead of just turning right around and, you know, going for the uh, line to gain, he starts dancing around, steps out out of bounds a yard short of the first down. It was like the Tennessee game all over again, where he ran a three-yard route and ran out of bounds after four. He did the exact same thing here again. His defender falls down, and rather than get the line to gain before he can... Uh, and then on fourth and one, as usual, we got stuffed. David Mon it's a booth review now, but there's they're not gonna reverse it. So in the fourth quarter, it's twenty-three to twenty, we start. A uh, touchdown pass to Cole Komet. We're up thirty to twenty. The Lions come right back down and score a touchdown. With about two minutes to go, a little over two minutes to go, it's 30-27. to 27. Okay, fine. They have all three of their timeouts. We get the football back. And on third down, and I think, again, it was like third down and four, third down and five, we're passing the ball. Instead of running the clock, making the Lions use their timeouts, things like that, we're passing the ball. Nick gets the or Mitch gets the ball strip sacked out of his hands. Detroit recovers inside the ten yard line. Couple of plays later, Adrian Peterson runs it in for a touchdown to make it thirty four to thirty. And just like that, we went from having the game by the balls to losing the game. And then we put in a decent drive together at the end here. Allen Robinson, don't know what the hell he was doing. And then we got stuffed on fourth and one. And now we've lost six straight to the line. Or just six straight, period. Five and one, now we're five and seven. Unbelievable. It just, it boggles the mind. I just, I, the defense was terrible today. I don't know if we were just playing soft coverage or whatever. You know, Stafford threw for over 400 yards. You know, was marching up and down the field pretty much all day long. And we got burned. We got burned. You know. And on the, the strip sack, I honestly, I don't really blame Afidi. You know, yeah, the guy was closing in. But A, Mitch didn't step up, and B, the guy just made a great play. He absolutely made a great play. It was reminiscent of the time that uh, Khalil Mack, against the Feedy of all people, actually, uh, what a coincidence, Khalil Mack strip-sacked uh, Russell Wilson in the Monday night game back in 2018, You know where he was just doing everything that he could to get to the quarterback. That's what that guy did. Knocked the ball loose out of Mitch's hand. Like, literally had to had to reach for it, you know. So I was like, I don't really put it on a feedy. 
You know, and truthfully, I don't really put it on Mitch. Like I said, the guy just made a great play. The guy made a great play when his team needed it, and then the Lions put it in the end zone for a touchdown, and now we're losers six straight in a game that we had by the balls. So there it is. And <laughs> Deshaun Watson comes to town next week. That should be a blast. Just to clarify, what I meant at the beginning of the reaction there when I said it's not completely Allen Robinson's fault was that it's not Allison, Allen Robinson isn't the reason we lost the game, but that play that he made or the play that he didn't make lost us the game. You know what I'm saying? It's it, A lot of things led up to that point, obviously, with the defense uh, you know, letting the Lions go up and down the field all day long, letting Matt Stafford throw for 400 yards uh, in that game, not being able to stop. I mean, I granted their backs were against the wall. It was first and goal at the seven after the strip sack uh, and everything, but not holding firm and forcing a field goal that would have tied the game and instead allowing old man Adrian Peterson to run in his second touchdown of the game to take the lead. Uh, and everything, therefore forcing our hand uh, on on offense, and it, it's it's funny because you heard me kind of uh, you know offhand mention the Bears getting that extra point blocked uh, in the first quarter, and that one point ended up losing us the football game because if we make that extra point after the Lions score, it's thirty four to thirty one. So we're driving down the field at the very least to get a field goal to send this thing to overtime instead of having to score a touchdown to win uh, the football game. You know, it's like obviously our goal would have been to score a touchdown to win the game, but we would have been in a position to settle for a field goal and play for overtime. And you know who we have to thank for it? For anyone who missed Bear Up and Bear Down this week, Rashad fucking coward he found a way in a game where he didn't play didn't start or anything like that he still found a way to fuck us and he wasn't on the field again for the rest of the day uh you know i guess the bears have finally had enough uh you know uh it's it's monday now Uh, i'm looking to i'm gonna be watching the uh twitter uh, tomorrow to hear that we finally released him you know honestly because we can't trust him on extra points uh, we, we he was such a liability on the offensive line that we finally smartened up during the bye week and took him out of the starting lineup and look at that we get rid of his sorry ass and all of a sudden we're we're a competent offensive line you know not a great offensive line you know we're very average in the offensive line but it was a a leaps and bound better from the absolute incompetent you know, Swiss cheese of an offensive line that we had out there when that retard was out there uh, trying to block for us. We still leave him in on extra points, and he gave such a piss-poor effort that he got bowled over. They ran through him and blocked an extra point that did, in fact, affect the outcome of the game. And I hope we never see him in a bear uniform again. I am absolutely – I mean, I've been done with Rashad Coward for weeks, but it's just, you know – I, I never want to see him on the field again, like ever, you know, because he wasn't out there on extra points for the rest of the game. I checked. It was Alex Bars out there, and it just, you know, it, that ended up uh, he found a way even in his, his limited capacity uh, to fuck the Bears uh, in that one. He did it properly uh, as well. You know, he cost us a point that would have changed what we were out to do on that final drive, you know, because we were in field goal range. We were at the 20, 25-yard line or whatever. Uh, Cairo Santos has been virtually automatic. I don't have any problems whatsoever uh, putting the ball in his hands from 40 yards out uh, to send this thing into uh, overtime, you know. I just... You know, I would have been shitting my pants in the overtime if, if Detroit wins the toss because then inevitably, you know, they would they would have been a one and done because they would have just run down the field and scored on us anyway. But at least we would have given ourselves a chance uh, in overtime if we could have made it just the extra point. But you know, it wasn't. It doesn't just fall on Allen Robinson 
But in that moment, he did the worst thing that he could have done, which was, you know, step out of bounds without getting the first down, which he was fully capable of doing. You know, we had a timeout left, and he could have just, he caught the ball, like his, <laughs> he caught the ball and his right foot was literally six yards, six inches from the line to gain, from the first down marker. He instead spins and he, you know, spins to the outside and, you know, where his defender is now on his feet. And instead of just diving forward, he tries to avoid contact. He should have just lowered his shoulder and ran through the son of a bitch to get the first down. But instead, he tries to dance and automa- and uh, accidentally steps out of bounds. I don't think he did it on purpose. Uh, truthfully, I don't think that he stepped out of bounds on purpose. He just did. You know, he just did. Instead of lowering his shoulder and trying to run through the guy to get the first down, he, he decided to dance around. He steps out of bounds. End of play. We're a yard short. We got to go fourth and one. And, of course, you know, our batting average on, on you know, w- short, you know, third and fourth on and one is cl- as close to zero as it could possibly be. I mean, we absolutely suck at it for one reason or another. We just we're not physical on the offensive line as far as that goes. We're just not. So, uh, you know, we can we can't get nose to the grindstone and just, you know, get these guys going backwards and things like that to get a lousy yard. Or, you know, or to, to push forward and let Mitch, you know, sneak it for a first down, use the last timeout to set up one last shot at the end zone or on everything like that. No, no, no. Um, you know, and it, it failed. Um, yeah, so I just, um, I, it just, it was uh, a, a frustrating game uh, to watch because, you know, Mitch Trubisky played well enough to win the football game um it's the first time in a long time you can honestly say the defense let the offense down it's been a long time since we've been able to say that I mean probably since you know 2013 uh, you know in Tressman's first year when you know like we're we're scoring 30 something points a game but we're on eight eight football team because our defense keeps giving up 35 points a game uh and shit like that so uh, it's been a very long time since we could sit here and honestly say that the defense let the offense down. And uh, that's exactly what happened uh, on Sunday. We scored 30 points on Sunday. We scored 30 points. We haven't scored 30 points since we beat Atlanta in week number three. I'm pretty sure that's the last time we got that close to that high a point total. But we haven't scored 30 points since we had to score th- 21 in the fourth quarter to win that game. And, you know... We just uh, it it's you know I I'm sitting here and it, we're 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 losers of six straight three straight division games on top of that you know it's like we we had that you know here we are we're five and one we're going into this gauntlet of the Rams the Saints and the Titans you know that's an ugly part of the schedule. Even if we're five and four, then we've got you know uh, we got Minnesota. That should be a win. We got Green Bay on the road. That's probably a loss. So let's say what six and five, and then we get Detroit. So we should be seven and five right now. And instead, we're five and seven because we lost all of those games, every single one. And um, you know we're staring down the barrel uh, of Deshaun Watson coming to Chicago. Uh, don't think he's not going to try to make this personal at some point uh, and everything because he contends the Bears never even talked to him in the 2017 uh, draft process. So he takes that as a total slight, you know, and of course we pick Mitch instead of him um, uh, and everything. And it just uh, he ended up being the third quarterback taken because the Chiefs took Mahomes before the Texans traded up to draft him. So. Uh, instead of being the first quarterback off the board, he was the third quarterback taken in that first round. And, uh, you know, he's he took it personally. He's I'm sure he's going to get asked that a lot uh, this week. And, uh, you know, I'm also sure that, uh, you know, he'll be playing with a chip on his shoulder when he comes into town uh, on Sunday. Uh, we'll be talking to Brett Coleman uh, about that on uh, Thursday. So be sure to tune in uh, for that one. But, um, you know, this game was was frustrating from start to finish. 
uh, in, 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 in not so much in the first quarter, but you know, in the second quarter, it's like you know we're having this success, but we've got this guy that's hot right now. We've got this guy that's that came to play, and he's here to play in a different way than everyone else is. And we keep taking him out of the game. We keep killing his momentum and putting someone else in the game, putting the ball in someone else's hands. Let's keep putting it in his hands until he gives us a reason. Put someone else in there, you know. Let's run him six, seven, eight times in a row. Let's see what happens. You know, if he keeps getting the first down, if he keeps fighting for yardage, I mean, just real quickly here, while the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction was playing, I was kind of looking over the uh, the highlights for the Bears-Lions game. And, and, you know, again, in that last drive where the Bears are trying to, uh, you know, score a touchdown to try to win the game there at the end when we're now we're behind – Two times we hit Montgomery on uh, slant routes across the middle, and both times he just, you know, you could just see it, man. He's running the football. He's running so hard. You know, he's getting past guys. He's getting chunks of yardage, throwing it to him out of the backfield. You know, he had a decent day catching passes out of the backfield uh, as well. But did we keep doing that with him? No, not at all. Uh, no, you know, we, we didn't keep feeding him the ball in the running game. We didn't stick to him uh, in the passing game or, or anything like that. We kept taking him out, you know, and, and I know I'm beating a dead horse here. I've, I've talked about it straight for about the 90% of this show, but it's just like, you know, we've waited this kid's entire career for him to look like that. We've been waiting his entire short two-year career for an offensive line to be able to open holes for him to look like that. You know, and here it was, this team in the Lions that, you know, like I said, kind of reeling from the loss of, of Patricia uh, and his firing and, and, and all that kind of stuff. They're in, in salvage mode. They're just trying to maybe get a win or two out of this thing before wrapping it up and, and starting with the new regime and, and all that kind of stuff. Daryl Bevel is in an audition mode to either be, be the coach for the Lions or to show you know the rest of the NFL uh, that he's an asset that needs to be uh, you know scooped up or something like that. You know, it, it's not really even so much like the Lions are concerned with winning football games in you know or totally concerned anyway. And you know we gave them this freebie win that puts them back in the you know in the playoff hunt. I mean it's dim, but you know the light is still burning for them, and it's getting dimmer and dimmer. Uh, for us, I mean, even if we win out, we're going to have issues uh, trying to get in. So, and you know, it's kind of getting to a point where it's like I'm not even sure that I want them to because I think if we win out, Maggie Nagy keeps his job, and I certainly don't want that anymore. But again, I'm not rooting for the Bears to lose, but you know, I don't want Nagy to be the head coach, and if they're going to let him coach for the rest of the uh, year, then you know. I just want the end result to be Nagy not being the coach anymore. I'm done with him. I'm absolutely done. So anyway, that's uh, that's all we got. And uh, I'll go ahead and wrap it up uh, here. Uh, like I said a moment ago, uh, come back on Thursday uh, for our good friend Brett Coleman from Battle Red Blog on SB Nation. Uh, and, of course, the Film Room uh, YouTube channel. Outstanding videos he does uh, for that. He's got a really really great mind uh for the game you learn a lot watching uh his videos i don't think he's done one on the bears so far this year probably because he'd probably spend most of it vomiting uh trying to talk his way through it but um we'll talk to him see if he's got any plans for any bear videos or maybe we missed some uh maybe we missed one but um we'll have him on the show to help preview the bears and texans to get us ready and then of course we'll be back on friday with the deep dive and uh, tell you what impending doom we have waiting for us uh, on Sunday when Deshaun Watson comes to town uh, with him, the Texans, and the chip on his shoulder. So come back on Thursday for the week 13, excuse me, week 14 uh, preview with uh, Brett Coleman, and uh, we'll get you guys ready for Bears-Texans on Sunday. So we'll see you back here on Thursday. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Bears Talk Underground.
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.